0: You're listening to For The Lore, the podcast that delves into the craft of our favorite games, whether lore, gameplay, or game design. Each week, Roger is joined by Joe, Vince, and Marty.
1: February it it wasn't going to be that great of a show initially because there's not a lot to talk about this week and then a few things just dropped recently that will make it more fun specifically for me at least the Overwatch announcement literally just dropped for a new hero coming and I've been playing a lot of Overwatch lately and it's been a ton of fun I am not a fan of the Paris map, but that notwithstanding, I really, really dig this new hero that they, they announced, whose name is Baptiste, and he's going to be either a healer or DPS, so basically just like all the other healers, and um, they did not show any gameplay. All we got was a trailer in the typical format that they do now, showing a young child in the middle of a war at the omnic war it comes to be uh, said later and he's narrating it as an adult male and this is a a black male so he's talking
2: haitian. about is he haitian he's haitian oh, okay
1: cool i didn't know that the, again we did not get a ton of news here i don't know if you read more than i did i tried to find stuff on their official site and it's not even up there yet so but anyway, so he's talking about you are like when you're living in that war and he's talking about you don't always have a choice. And then that's a play on a theme later on where he's saying, but you do have a choice and he doesn't, you get the impression he doesn't feel like he always made the right one. And and so I'm assuming we're going to get yet more lore on him as well to find out exactly where he's from and whatnot. But as everyone right now is dying to know, because he is going to be another support is what's the gameplay going to be like, what are the abilities going to be like, et cetera, et cetera, especially as we're seeing a lot more with the league having gone this long. Now we're seeing a lot more in terms of what the, uh, the, the group compositions that really work are. And so you're seeing that kind of synergy playing a larger role, even in the regular games now. Because I certainly don't play in any league, and I, I, I don't even play the competitive stuff. I just drop, drop into the arcade, and oftentimes I'm just doing the random heroes. So, but the more I'm playing, the more I'm really noticing. A lot of other people are really working that synergy well, even without chat. So a lot of people are curious what this is going to be. Um, you were mentioning on Twitter joel and and I disagree with you I, I don't think it's an unpopular opinion and I, I looked around and I didn't see contrary that you you're happy that it's a a male well clearly a Haitian male as well in this healer role because a, While granting yet another person a color into the system, it's also going against that trope of the female characters or the healers. And I completely agree with you. I'm looking forward to yet more female characters being dropped in. But like you said, let them be DPS and tanks. That would be so much better.
2: Yeah, and and that's, that's where I'm at. And I know a lot of people, like a lot of people for the last several weeks since the trailer teaser came out the talent teaser like i think it was like two or three weeks ago uh they were begging for like a black female and i understand the desire for that uh absolutely i would love to see that representation in here but if they would have added her as a healer i would have been very upset because i'm i'm just i'm over that trope like women don't need to just be healers and support and if looking at the current roster most of the healing and support are female anyway right with the exception of, like, Lucio and who else? Zenyatta. Zenyatta. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm happy I, that this is a dude. I'm happy that it's a Haitian dude. Um, I would love to see more like Ash where it's, you know... I, I'd love to see a tank get added. And I'd love to see it be another female tank person. Let that be a black female tank. I'd yeah. be okay
1: with it. That. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I, I love playing Brigitte now. I did not for the longest time... And then it was it was Tristan that helped me because I was telling him I hate playing her. I I know what I'm supposed to do with her, but it, it doesn't always make sense. And then he pointed out a few things and some things that I'd clearly missed as well. And now I play her a lot differently, and it's I really enjoy playing her. Like you can oh, have, she's one of my favorite. Yeah, you can have really strong female characters on the front line or again anywhere. I I was looking over the roster again, and and it and coming from so many games where. There's next to no representation. It's all white dudes. Yes, there still are too many white people, and there it's over. It's it's got too many male characters in it as well. But still, you have to respect the effort that they're putting in here, and just how many of the new characters have been uh, either female characters or people of color or whatever. I I you gotta respect that.
2: Yeah, and I and I appreciate the efforts that they're they're doing to to diversify uh, more. Yeah. yeah. But, and we've talked about this a million times. It's one of those things where like representation matters and it definitely matters to me. And that's if a game doesn't have representation that I care about, probably not going to spend money on it. Just throwing that out there. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Anyways, let's move on from there. Vince, you did in fact pick up Anthem. When did you pick it up? Did you pick it up on the last launch day?
3: Yeah. I picked it up on Friday because I was home from work sick and was like, oh, I'll check it out. Like I'd done my. Like, I'd seen how how the patch was working, and I was like, okay. Especially since I had a gift card going towards it, so I was like, all right, I feel this is a reasonable purchase for me. Uh, Being sick, I couldn't play for extended periods of time before I had to go lay down and take a nap. (laughs) So I played, since Friday, five, maybe six hours worth of the game. I'm up to level nine. I've done three or four story missions, probably the same amount of side quests, so I don't have a a great... uh, Wealth of the, the 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 content experienced yet, but overall, and we're not going to get into all of the shenanigans around the game because it's uh, being the biggest game on the market right now. It's become the uh, the target, and rightfully so in a lot of places. Like I'm not going to discredit anybody's negative opinions about the game, but it's also at some point it feels like it's just piling on right now, where like nobody has anything. To add to the conversation, they're just
1: you know beating the dead
3: horse at this point. You know, it's and, and again, I'm not saying they're wrong. It's just mm, I don't know. It's I, it. It seems like it's just
1: I being don't done for think, attention almost. But I don't think so because, and I've put a number of them in in Discord, not to pile on more, but to to try to see as many different points of views on this as I could. Like a lot of these these youtube guys i've i'd never heard of them but of course you mm-hmm. listen to one and then all of a sudden it's why don't you watch this and this and so it was a rabbit hole that it was doing all the work for me and even the ones that were positive about the game that liked the game still had a number of very critical things to do and pointing out that they completely understand if this game does not succeed or winds up doing a hell of a lot of damage to them and and so yeah it's hard to find somebody who just adores it kind of thing
3: yeah and again i'm not just I'm not discounting that it's like most specifically like today i've had probably five or six different videos pop up in my recommended videos that were published today of just the exact same thing right and i'll it's it's the point now, like, and I mean, like, literally now, not saying the discourse over the past several days hasn't been valuable, but at this exact moment, it's, there's nothing more that can be said at this point, I feel, and it's just, it's gotten a little
2: weird. Which I, I find that interesting, because I'm, the the collective gaming group that I'm part of here in Buffalo, like, a bunch of people in their picked up Anthem, and they're loving it, like, they're... No, that I'm, that's what
3: I'm getting to, I'm loving it as well yeah so it's just I don't know Like if, if you look at a lot of the discourse online and of course that's just how internet discourse works negative opinions float to the top positive ones not so much quite frequently and again I'm not discounting the negative opinions because a number of the complaints people have at the game perfectly valid I personally at this point in playing the game don't share those complaints so I cannot comment on them I can only give you my personal experiences
1: I was just going to ask, how's the network been? Has it been more stable for you?
3: I had one disconnect last night. I have had, aside from that one disconnect, I've had zero technical issues. Uh, Granted, I I haven't played as much as some people, so it's a smaller sample size. I can only attest to my personal experience.
1: Yeah, somebody was talking about that on Twitter today. I can't remember if it was Dan or Mocha but one of them was saying that they had a hell of a time getting in because Belgas was saying he hasn't had any, he doesn't understand these people that are saying that they, they have been. And he was saying, yeah, no, it's been really hard getting in still.
3: Well, I mean, it's the age old tech support problem. I don't have to tell yeah. you if it's working right. You don't, <laughs> you don't know what to do. Yeah.
1: So you have been enjoying it though.
3: Yeah. I, and I know this is something you and I have differed on Roger. I find the gameplay absolutely enjoyable. Uh, I picked up the Colossus for my first choice, which is, of course, the big brute. And for me, it's a blast. There's this huge hulking piece of metal. My gameplay style is charge, run as fast as I can, jump off the highest point possible and Hulk smash into the middle of a bunch of enemies and then light them all on fire. And then repeat the process. It's
0: <laughs>
3: it, it, This is what I, what I was trying to get to with, uh, with my views on the game versus Destiny, with Destiny being much more gunplay centric there are missions where I'll fire 20 bullets just because using the actual skills and abilities is much more fun for me in the gameplay point. And that's that's the thing I love most about Anthem, that it's more focused on your skills and your your build and and the that sort of stuff than the gunplay. And, and again, not discounting the, the games that focus on the gunplay. I just like that this is an alternative to Destiny and The Division in that department.
1: What's funny is that I can look to the different builds that I've used over the years in Mass Effect, the, the, all the Mass Effect games, well, mm-hmm. except for Andromeda, and look at the manner in which they were able to combine the, let's just call it elemental or magical, and bullets. And I feel that you really could have a lot of fun on either side of that, and it, it was effective on both sides. Whereas this is leaning way over on the magical elemental side, and it's again, if you're cool with that and that's your favorite part, those were your favorite parts of combat in Mass Effect, then that's this is the game that was made for you. Sadly, not so much for me.
3: Right, and it, it, that's something where you can just respect a differing design and opinion, and I, I'm I'm cool with that. Yeah, like at the end of every mission, like because. The game defaults to multiplayer matchmaking, and that's been a lot of fun as well, just having random people show up and doing these missions together. Seeing the ways all the different skills interact that didn't really get to experience too much in the, the demo weekends because most everybody was just playing the basic Ranger, and, and wasn't until like you got to a certain point that people unlocked extra suits. So seeing the way things are comboing together and different gameplay styles has been a lot of fun. And at the end of every expedition, it gives you... Uh, medal for your playstyle, and a lot of people have like the soldier medal, which is they, they got the majority of their gameplay was shooting their guns. I always end up with the artillery medal because yeah, that's my playstyle. So, I it, it would appear a lot of people are still using the guns primarily because most missions it's three soldiers and an artillery that I'm along with. But uh, it it it's cool that there's different playstyles that it accounts for. I mean, if people like the gunplay in this game, I'm not going to argue with them.
1: R- remind me, you are playing on PS4 or PC?
3: I'm playing on PC. Oh, you are. Uh, I okay. would, I would absolutely say, if you have a base PS4 or a base Xbox, don't get the game. If you have a Pro or a One X, it seems to be okay. Because uh, I played the the second demo weekend on the PS4, and it didn't. It wasn't bad by any stretch of the imagination, but it just, the engine just isn't up to it on the the lower hardware. And I don't even have, like, a great PC. I have a pretty mid-range PC. I'm running a 1060, so it's nothing super fancy. Uh, So I'm only running the game on, like, slightly above medium settings. But just there's a certain crispness to it that is very noticeable between my PC and my base PS4, which is very important when, you know, there's gameplay and need to, like, get headshots and stuff like that. That's that's the one real noticeable thing uh, with the graphics.
1: Yeah, definitely. Okay, anything else?
3: Uh, Again, a, a lot of fun. I, and one of the things that I've seen a lot of people that just hate about the game is the fort. And this is something we came across in the demo. They, they've they bumped up the movement speed. I have no issues with it whatsoever. It takes 15, 20 seconds to like get anywhere I want to go, which isn't a problem for me. I mean, it's about the same amount of time it takes me to run from the Hangar Bay to Hawthorne and Destiny, so I'm it's it's all right, and I, I know in one of the videos you had linked. One of the guys was really complaining about how the characters in the in the fort were just really obnoxious and annoying. And I completely disagree. I adore a number of the characters you come across. Oh, and who's like your uh, your uh, your cipher, your your on-site support, uh, like your your mission ops hilarious, a lot of fun typical bioware character, let's put it that way. Uh, a lot of the the NPCs you come across are really interesting. Uh, and it, like as you're going through town like you have like the main NPCs that you go and talk to after most missions, typical bioware stuff. but I've come just like walking through town and all of a sudden like I see a little speech bubble pop up and there's just like a random NPC that you can have a conversation with that's very interesting. It adds a lot of depth to the world. I was just doing a point A to point B. And like one of those speech bubbles popped up for this old dude in an alley. And I went and talked to him. He told me this story about, you know, how he knows what it's like to have to fight to survive. He's the oldest person in the fort. Uh, one time there was a mine collapse and six men were buried down there with only one bottle of water. And he's the only one that lived and the the dialogue tree. You know, he's trying to be evasive and, you know, you can bring it out of him as like the only reason he lived is because he didn't share the water. And like it was just, there's just a lot of very interesting characters and stories that you can pick up on like there's radio dramas there's a I have stumbled across a radio drama for detective hops the grabbit detective <laughs> and <laughs> at one point the I was going to talk to one of the the faction npcs and as i get there she's listening to a radio drama of like this uh like romance adventure sort of thing and she's actually talking to the radio like somebody yelling at a movie screen. It, there's so much character in here that I'm really enjoying. The fort itself, I, I like how it grows as you experience it, as you accomplish quests, as you build up your reputation. It grows both mechanically and visually and culturally. It's, I, I adore the fort. I, I, I guess the people who don't like it just don't like that it breaks up the gameplay. But I compare it to a game like Monster Hunter. After every Monster Hunter mission, you got to go back to town. It's just, it's just the way this game is structured. If you don't like it, I'm not going to argue with you. I just disagree.
1: Fair enough. Is that it?
3: Yeah, I don't have, don't have a lot uh, at this point. But I, I know it's a game we'll be covering more in coming weeks. So
1: absolutely. Alrighty then, let's move on. We did get some other news too for another game coming out and we are quite excited about this one too and that's Darkest Dungeon 2. Joe, go ahead.
2: Yeah, we didn't get a whole lot about it because Red Hook is playing it real close to the chest right now. Uh, Even interviews that they've been doing since the trailer reveal, uh, they haven't really said a whole lot of anything. Um, But I think this is what's called Howling. It's the next progression of what they had as the core mechanics and the only thing we know about it is that they've increased their, their studio size just a little bit to accommodate what they want to accomplish with it which is good and well we're going to start getting a glimpse of the rest of the world around the estate and the Eldritch horrors that have been coming to this world through there so there's going to be a lot of uh, weird fucky like old goddy stuff that takes place in other locations and it probably looks like their version of mount everest which like i'm i'm in like i love darkest dungeon i own it on multiple systems i played the hell out of it that See, game is I, fucking amazing i didn't get mount everest it felt more like mountains of madness to me well yeah that too Ooh. but i mean it's gonna be the same core gameplay same type of characters uh they said that they're married to the dysfunctional uh sort of characters that they have which is great Because that's what makes the game fun is randomly you, you know, lose all of your light because you can either drop all of your torches or carry that real expensive gemstone back to base. Or, you know, maybe you freak out and want to eat your other people in the team, or maybe you freak out and have a moment of inspiration and just get a badass trait. Like it's some of the most fun of that game is letting your characters go fucking crazy and see what happens.
1: What's funny is that I was reading um, one of the interviews that they, they gave, very cryptic one, but it's, it's I never thought of the people that you enlist as classes, quote unquote. You know, they they were just, that's who they are. But that is, they were saying that's they like their classes. They rattled them all off. They're saying we're good with that. So it sounds very much like that's what we're going to get in this one as well. And they were saying the combat by and large is going to be the same, but they are kind of changing it up somewhat as well in terms of the quote unquote meta of the game kind of and things like that. So between that and understanding what works and what we really want to stay in this, in in the sequel and this idea of expanding beyond the mountain even in the manor uh, the mountain, even if it's just the you know little cities around it doesn't have to be that big but it um it, it's got me really curious just how far are they going to push this then
3: I, I don't know about you guys but i had actually missed the last couple dlcs so i started up a, a new game last week and immediately just right back in that
2: comfort zone of oh god this game is so great yeah like it's one of those ones i pick up and it's just like not missing a beat it's like oh i'm about oh, to ruin cool. the lives of some poor <laughs> yep
0: oh this sounds like a game that i would that would i would pull a stellaris with like i would just be there
1: oh you never the you never played, never the played first it one? oh dude
0: oh
3: man uh, already
1: look for it look for it it's always on sale somewhere i, I man, there was a well huge
3: sale on it. Uh, on steam this past weekend i don't know if it's still active
1: yeah it might be definitely look it up marty it's well worth it i'm looking
2: right
3: the hell now so i can
0: make marty buy it i I loaded steam right now and it's just taking a little bit of time because i got something running in the background i have two new items in my inventory so we'll see what the
1: all right while you're doing that can you talk and do that at the same time give us some destiny yes i can Okay. So with destiny Two,
0: uh, the current season pass content, uh, the season of the forge is ending tomorrow. And then there'll be a span of a week, uh, before we lead into season of the drifter and the season of the drifter patch 2.20 will have a number of quality of life changes. Uh, they're going to be changing and reducing the power of automatic shotguns, which is a little bit sad, but, It needs to happen Uh, and a couple of other game balance tweaks. But what's really cool is that the season uh, that we will be running into will be called the season of the drifter drifter, of course, being the um, roguelike Cade esque figure with none of the redeeming qualities of Cade, uh, who is running this game, which if you play long enough and uh, get the, Lore drops for it. Looks like he is setting up some of his old crewmates to get whacked by the guardians. Or I mean that's my current theory. It's a it's a pretty interesting little game. Um, for the record, gambit mode is my favorite mode. I flip and love this mode. It uh came out in uh Forsaken, and it's the PVE slash PvP mix wherein You got to burn stuff down as fast as possible. But every once in a while, depending on how many things you have put into the bank, how many moats you put into the bank, you can, you know, jump over to the other team's side and, you know, try to execute them. Uh, There's also an exotic tied to the Gambit event, which I finally earned and I'm very excited about having. Um, What they're going to do in Season of the Drifter, in addition to some changes they have yet to announce, because they want to make it a surprise. There will be changing the nature of the blockers, as they are called, uh, to make them tougher. uh, And they will be removing the third round instead of it being like just like the other two with just more bad guys. It will be a sudden death kind of match. So hopefully we'll quote unquote speed up gameplay, um, which is, you know, one thing. I don't know. I, I kind of like it the way it is now. I don't mind jumping in there and and doing it that way cuz mostly I feel like the t- cuz I'm mostly a solo player cuz nobody in my clan likes Gambit. Uh I feel like it gives your your scrub team a chance to actually win, but if it's just, you know, burned down after a tie match then I'm never going to win a match again. Um so it's very selfish.
1: Do do you need uh, the season pass for these or is this for everybody? So you don't need the season pass to play
0: uh, Gambit and the changes they're making to Gambit and the Gambit modes, I think are going to be across, but there are some secrets that will be launched with uh, the season pass. So if you like Gambit, I would put money on it that this is worth your money. Um, If you don't care for Gambit, it's probably not worth it. But I, I, like, Gambit is the only mode in that game that, like, uh, if I get too irritated, uh, I get too worked up and I have to stop playing, which, like, um, it's just a rule I have. If I curse out a game too many times, I just have to walk away so I don't lose my temper. But, um, like, it is the gay is the game mode that i love and can just still get under my skin but i still need to play it like it's just i can't describe how much fun it is it's it is my favorite mode i don't get it um but drifter and drifter is also got some cool shit uh and he has uh two three quests for you um in the season of the forge and i think those are not season pass required um i'm still unsure what content is and is not a uh, season pass required uh especially with season of the forge because it feels like malfeasance with the gun and all the lords leading up to getting malfeasance and the last word were um base game purchases right so if you bought forsaken you got those two things i don't think season of the forge had those two things so I don't know. Yeah. I still haven't picked it up, so uh, um yeah, I mean like if 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 you have people who play and do gambit, it will be a lot of fun. If you don't, I, I I can't recommend it. Um for me this is a ton of fun. So and if so if you're like me and you don't mind just hopping in and trying to help your team, it's good. But right. I'm very excited about this and the, the quality of life changes that are coming in 2.02, in 2.2, you're going to be okay. Um, it'll, we'll see a, a mix-up of guns that everybody are using, so that will be, you know, that will be a nice little change of
1: right. I'm What I'm hoping is that when they finally do switch uh, over and, and split from Activision, that maybe they'll have some kind of celebration sale or something like that at that point. If it's a good enough sale, I, yeah, I would support them and then you know the money's going to them and not into Bobby Kotick's pocket.
0: Yeah. I, I would not be surprised if there is a sale coming soon. Yeah. But um, there, has there's, there's a lot been of cool r- stuff over
1: there. Has there been any rumors as to when the split is going to happen?
0: Not that I am aware of. Yeah. Um, It's been they've been pretty quiet about how it's moving forward. Like the last big note, no... no uh, Excuse me. The last big amount of noise was when Activision said that Destiny just never churned out the uh, the money that they expected right. it to, and that was about like what two weeks ago.
1: Yeah, I can't remember exactly. Okay. Well, you, I, 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 figured- I don't
0: see Bungie
2: like talking about it like that. Like um, maybe on they the won't. subreddit. Yeah. Right. They they won't because they're still going to be tied up in the the Blizzard Activision launcher. For Destiny 2, and so, like, they're still going to have a business relationship, even if they're not under them.
1: What what makes you say that? I haven't seen Because anywhere.
2: they're not going to pull it from the launcher. Why not? If they're splitting from them,
1: the understanding would be that they'll develop their own launcher. Y-
2: you would think that, but that would kill the PC, and I don't think Bungie employees would be happy if that was on the horizon. Because Again, right you're, now, many- you're making
1: an assumption here, though. I'm not saying it's not going to happen, or maybe they'll have a grace period of a certain amount of time until they get their own launcher and stuff. But I would not be surprised if it's just a clean split right down the middle and just, okay, go on on your way.
2: Yeah, then that would be horrible for Bungie, very likely, because... But why? How many people...
1: All they have to do is they're they already know this. They've known for a while. They could have de- been developing their own launcher, and their fan base isn't going to care.
2: I would. I, I would say I, I think you're underestimating testing. three. I think oh. you're underestimating how many people played the game, only because it was through that launcher or because it was convenient for them, or how many people got it free from there. That won't pick it back up. So, like, I think it'll be more looking forward they may do their own launcher or maybe they'll release it through epic or something along those lines but i think that you'll see that for the next set of games but the current one i think it's going to be straight where it is i think there's something in place there
0: yeah i have to agree with joe it would be why change it up now that would just lead to too many headaches but for the next version play around with it like put it out on every app store like just make it easy for people to get since you're want to move away from Activision but still maintain that, like some sort of a business relationship but
2: have control of your own content put it out as many places as you want well it's also it's also a matter of who owns and where are the data centers right now for Destiny 2 and my understanding is they're still in the Activision place like they're still in their data centers and- yeah but
1: again you're going under the assumption that and I'm not saying they didn't put this in the agreement. They might very well have made an agreement that they'll they'll keep it here for this iteration and whatever kind of thing. Certainly, and it, it may happen. But you're you're assuming that they may have done a
2: clean split, and it's just that's it. We're done. Especially when you look at at Activision, and you're missing you're misunderstanding what I'm saying. I, I'm saying they're going to be still giving Activision some of the money that they're making from Destiny Two.
1: Yes, that I know, but.
2: Not- it's not altruistic no but it's it, still
1: part of the deal and it's not a clean split but once again it's that's that's a that's still a big enough leap i mean we'll see you in, in
2: but if i'm not know, yeah but i'm judging this i'm judging this based off of my knowledge of of data center and data migrations and how expensive and time consuming those are and when you have a game like that especially with that stuff it's not literally flipping a switch at a new location and then everything is hunky-dory it takes months <laughs> yes but dude you're 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 talking
1: down to somebody who's been doing this for, like, longer than you. I understand these principles, and my opinion is still, A, we don't know when this split is. So if there's still, like, a long time before this happens, then they've got the time to set up their own infrastructure. And if Bungie was planning this for a while, presumably they would have planned for such things as well, or been looking to make deals with... Like you said, any of the other people, be it Epic or Steam or whatever, to get it on theirs as well, and and all of these things. All I'm saying, I, and again, I'm not saying you're wrong by any stretch. I'm just saying we really, really don't know. And and if I were betting, I I actually think because of the relationship they had with Activision, and because of what just just happened with Activision Blizzard and the laying off, I I would actually put money down that it's going to be. It's not going to be that amicable, and it's not going to have such provisions. Again, that's my guess. Is all I'm saying.
2: That's fair. I. I. I I'll, How about this friendly wager? Five bucks. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Awesome.
3: Awesome. Loser yeah. buys Marty' Darkest Dungeon. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: was going to say loser does a shot of Lord, but I'm a. I'm an you know asshole what? that way. So. Hold on a second.
2: Fuck it. I'll take that bet. <laughs> nice. Wait. What? No, I, I yeah. didn't bet. The, wait. What? <laughs> loser loser has to buy marty darkest dungeon the original yeah fuck no i want him playing that beforehand (laughs) this might
1: still be a year down the line dude i want him playing that fucking game now anyways let's move on from there there was also some new path of exile news vince you're up
3: yeah uh before we get to the new stuff i figured this is a good enough time to talk about my experience with the now previous league the betrayal league so I've been playing Path of Exile off and on since it was in alpha. Uh, I was really excited last year when the big 3.0 patch came down and essentially doubled the size of the game. But unfortunately, my PC at the time was not uh, good enough to uh, handle the, all the enhancements they put into the game. So the Betrayal League was the first one with my new PC where I was finally able to dive back into the game for the first time in quite a while, honestly. Uh, So finished all the new story content. I really enjoyed what they did there of you playing through the first five acts of escaping the, this Island of exile uh, and uh, going back to your homeland and defeating the powers that be there only to realize that, you know, it's typical fantasy stuff. Oh, there was actually a dark God in charge of the whole time. And then going back and essentially acts six through 10 were the same I don't want to say content were the same like areas as acts one through five just now in this twisted future. And it was actually really a lot of fun of going back through areas we've already been through, but very much changed also for a free to play game helps a lot of development costs when you don't have to design all that much more, uh, actual, uh, artwork and architecture and all that stuff. Although there was still a great amount of new content in those old zones as well. Uh, as far as the betrayal mechanic, uh, each What Path of Exile does, each league, each season, uh, comparing it to Diablo 3, it's not just a fresh start with some balance tweaks. Each league has its own fresh new mechanic that they add in. Uh, and with the Betrayal League, you're chasing down this uh, criminal syndicate, the immortal syndicate. And they're literally immortal because the person in charge of it can just bring their minions back from the dead. So you can't just go out there, bust some skulls, and save the day. They're just going to bring them back and go about business as usual. So with the betrayal mechanic, randomly throughout the maps as you're leveling and questing and everything, you'll come across syndicate activity, be it uh, a stronghold where they're holding uh, goods, stolen goods, uh, research laboratories where they're doing nasty experiments uh transportation where they're transporting the illicit goods from point a to point b and then intervention which is actually really a lot of fun where as as you're starting to investigate the the syndicate they literally just send assassins after you so you could be in the middle of a boss fight and all of a sudden portal opens up and two fucking assassins come to cry and kill you that added a, a nice new wrinkle to the game and then as you clear each of these objectives the lieutenants and captains of various different ranks whoever's in charge gets left behind after you've defeated them in combat and you have numerous options for what to do you can interrogate them you can assassinate them they're just going to come back but there's mechanical benefits along the ways uh sometimes multiple members of the syndicate will join into the same fight and you can actually play them off of each other and that's where the betrayal mechanic came in of you could have one of the members betray the other one and give you extra information or like extra items and all kinds of stuff. So all building and doing this over and over again until you finally take down the the head honcho. And it was a cool mechanic of like not knowing, like I don't know what's going to happen if I pick this choice over that choice. And it gave every encounter with them a a new different wrinkle because you never knew which characters were going to show up, if they were going to like each other, if they were going to hate each other. Uh, Ultimately, though, it was a little bit of a mixed reception. The difficulty was really cranked up on these things, which made it a little hard to do at points. And then the whole thing of once you finally do take down the Mastermind, since it's the kind of the mechanic for the League, it just kind of starts over again. So it felt a little, I want to say unsatisfying, because there's no ultimate end of the story because it's an endless grinding game they, they have to just keep refreshing the mechanic over and over again i get it it just didn't feel quite right
1: different from any of the other seasons or presumably uh yeah the the, the
3: the the previous season was what was called delve where it was essentially uh an endless um dungeon where like you were kept ca- Constantly like sporing and like literally digging deeper into the earth to find unearth more and more treasures. Like, there was literally endless. Like, a lot of the other leagues they've done, from what I've seen, didn't quite have this reset point to them. Okay. So now we have coming out next week uh, Path of Exile 3.6, the Synthesis League. And with the Synthesis League, of course, all the standard changes, balance changes, new skills coming in. Uh, they're building on some new archetypes now. Uh, Was it holy casters as well as chaos casters, focusing on like curses and stuff. So they're putting in a lot of new skills, a lot of new items to benefit those play styles. Obviously gonna be moving some stuff around with the crazy passive tree. They've completely remastered the entire soundtrack for the game. Uh, They enhanced the graphics last year. So now they're enhancing the soundtrack to go along with it. Uh, They posted a little video of it earlier today, and it's a pretty nice improvement. Going to enjoy that. But the big mechanic, of course, the synthesis. And where this comes across is there's this uh, mysterious new character, Kavis. He's an ancient spirit who well, we don't really know who he is at this point because he doesn't know who he is. His memories have been broken over eons of existence. And the mechanic in this league is you actually go through his memories to try and recover what's been lost. So they play they show this in a there's like a special map for uh the void of his memories. And there are certain memories that he does that are solid points. And then what you do is as you're going through the game and you're you're uh, shoring up the edges of his memory to prevent it from decaying further you're going to unlock you new know, memories but he doesn't know where those memories go so that's where you as a player are actually mechanically mapping out his memories of essentially building your own dungeon path from point a to point b of all these various memories which have Different effects and mechanical things, and different biomes and monster types. It's essentially, like rifts and stuff in Diablo. Uh, it's but essentially, it's like okay, it's not. Here's what random rift you're gonna do. Which rifts do you want to do? To to do like you know three rifts in a row, and you get to design them yourself to get from one set point in his memory to another set point in his memory. So it's gonna be like some interesting mechanical and story stuff mixed together, which looks like a lot of fun.
1: That's pretty nice actually. I like this mm-hmm. a lot.
3: And then the next mechanic that they're adding into this is, of course, the synthesis. Because as you're exploring uh, his memories, you're going to find fractured items. These are uh, rarish quality items where literally he doesn't remember what they do. He knows kind of what they do, but he doesn't remember exactly what that item does. So essentially, you can find uh, a piece of armor that has fire resistance and life drain that are inherent inherent on that item because he remembers that's what that item does, but the other item effects are still going to be randomly rolled. So you can re-roll that item as many times as you want. The fire resistance and the life drain are always going to be there. So if you find an item that's really good, like it has a couple really good stats you want, it gives you something you can kind of build your character off of. But of course you're going to be getting tons of this stuff because it's a loot based game. And if you have three matching items, not necessarily the same, uh, stats, but three of the same pieces of armor, essentially. Uh, you can take them back to him and he can synthesize it into the true version of that item. So you get the inherent benefits. Uh, again, it's gonna there's a whole bunch of math and stuff behind the scenes to determine exactly what the the true benefit of that item is. But essentially, you'll get a common rarity version of that item with inherent benefits already baked into it that you can then use the game's incredible crafting customization system to build up to a higher level item. So it's it's essentially like adding a, a second tier to to the item crafting in the game. It was being able to go out there, get rare items, and then condense them back down to their base rarity, but at a higher power level than a base rarity item would have, and then being able to build them back up from there. So... Adding unknown layers to to the game, but uh, at least for me, the, the the core concept of this league seems like it's going to be much more interesting than the Betrayal League. Because for me, once I once I did my first run through the Syndicate, I was like, okay, I'm not going to grind these Syndicate members to do it again. So, but this being a more endless style mode is something that I can see myself keep
1: coming back to repeatedly. Awesome. All right, Marty, you wanted to talk about the Arcana of the Ancients.
0: Yeah, so a couple of weeks ago, people were reporting that when they ordered particular products from Monte Cook Games, they were getting pieces of paper that had D&D style stats, you know, strength, dex, con, int, whiz, charisma, attack bonus, proficiency bonus, blah, blah, blah. Uh, for common uh, Numer- Numenera enemies like... Um, Oh God, they're all escaping me right now. Uh, Oh, um, yeah, they're all escaping me right now. Uh, Peerless, Peerless, who is a machine intelligence that likes to copy himself into a variety of other machines. And then uh, they fight with each other because there can only be one Peerless. Uh, It's kind of like a beholder, but machine intelligence. Anyway, um, and people were talking that there would be an official D&D supplement uh, for Numenera, and then last week, uh, that's exactly what Monte Cook Games announced that they are coming out with a not just it's not just a conversion table, but it's a new product that you can use all of your um, Numenera games with, like whether it's you're running First Edition or Destiny and Discovery, it will be uh, showing you how to run and craft a 5e game with Numenera, which we're already doing but now it's an official sort of way of handling things. so what you're saying is if we just waited a few months it would have been a lot easier on you no because like i I, let's be honest i would have read me i would have skimmed the whole book and said no i'm gonna do it this way because what does monty cook know he just helped design third edition he doesn't know anything about the fifth um so but you know it's i think what's great about it is uh and it, actually, it's a, a mixed bag in the Numenera community because a lot of people are saying, like, you have to play it with the cipher system because otherwise you miss out on the mystique of the world or some garbage. And I I don't buy it. I, I simply, I do believe that this, the uh, a rules setting can um, help with your story, but at the end of the day a lot of what numenera is doing isn't really influenced by ciphers it's the weirdness of the game and how it's presented by the gm so yeah i just think it's great because the fifth edition is very lightweight very easy to to cover and it's also incredibly popular so it's just good for the monty cook people to get their game out there
1: only thing i know about ciphers is they they broke my fucking scanner they can go to hell.
0: Yeah. that That's my fault.
1: <laughs> All right. That is going to wrap it up for tonight. Thank you very much for joining us, folks. You can find the show notes at forthelore.com and you can find us on Twitter at forthelore. Individually, Joe is at ZJ, Vincent Simodian, and Marty is Officer Gleason. You can also leave us your thoughts and comments on iTunes and Stitcher. And we'll see you guys next week. Girl, girl,
3: girl, girl. You're going to send me.
1: Thank you for listening to For The Lore.
0: If you'd like to hear more from the guys, check out Popcorn Ronin with Roger and Vince, a movie, TV, and anime podcast, as well as Lore Watch, a Blizzard lore podcast co-starring Joe. And if you're into comic books, check out All Comics Considered with Marty and his crew. Lastly, thanks to Manelli Jamal for the show's theme music. You can find him at ManelliJamal.com as well as on iTunes and help support this incredible musician by picking up his CDs.